0: Coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina, and across the sandy beaches of the Carolina coast, take warning, this is Caniac Sessions, Caniac Sessions providing you with in-depth coverage of your Carolina Hurricanes. And now, let's get on to the
1: session with your
0: hosts, Griff and A.B.
1: Hello out there, Caniac Nation. Thanks for joining us for Session 17 of Kaniac Sessions. I'm Griff. I'm AB. And today we've got a jam-packed session. Uh, We are going to talk about a bunch of stuff kind of all over the place. Uh, Recap the games last week against Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. And then just talk about a bunch of stuff, kind of some popular topics around the team. Then, kind of walk you through the upcoming games as we continue on through this homestand, and then we'll get out of here. But first things first. We're brought to you by DraftKings and Raycon as a member of THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. Sports gambling is on its way. Uh, hopefully, just a few months out. But mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and download DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code THPN when doing so to score some bonus bets. Also. Uh, Check out Raycon.com slash THPN for Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Uh, 20% to 50% off site-wide on certain items. Check that out. I've already used that myself. I don't know about you, AB. um,
0: No, but it sounds like a
1: pretty good deal. It is. I've got some family members getting some new earbuds for Christmas. They just don't know it yet. Well, I guess they know it now if they listen to this. (laughs) Oops. We can cut that (laughs) out. Well, no, no, we'll just let it roll. It's fine. (laughs) No big deal. But anyway, uh, we're also partnered with SeatGeek. Uh, First time ticket buyers can use promo code Kaniak Sessions. That's one word, no space between Caniac and Sessions to get $20 off your first ticket purchase. So utilize that as you have been doing. Let's get right into this with a news item, AB, that just Mm -hmm. dropped. Mm Mm-hmm. This morning at practice. So A B, let's uh let's have you tell us about that.
0: Well, uh Yaroslav Halak was released today uh from his professional tryout. Uh you know, it kind of worries me a little bit because Ranta and Kachekov, Ronta's been playing lights out. I saw a stat the other day uh at home. Uh yeah, he's been like phenomenal. Um, I think it's but,
1: like 13-0, right, in his last 13 or something? I
0: think I think so. I think so. And then That's you have Kochekov, who a lot of fans uh, have been wanting to, you know, get reps in, and he's going to be the goalie of the future. But I don't know exactly what the, you know, kind of term is with the PTO or something like that. Um, I just know that, you know, we only have three goalies left. We only have yeah. Peretz, Ranta and Kachetkov. And if I were Don, I wouldn't throw Peretz into the, into the Wolves. Um, so I guess, you know, they could sign. Not the buy, wolves, right. Yeah, no, not <laughs> at scared. all. Um, I think that, you know, it was kind of not as surprising to see Halak, uh, be released, but, Hopefully, knock on wood, that you know nothing bad happens. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Halak is getting towards the end of his career. He's you know he was the best goaltender out in free agency uh, that was left. So, you know, I I trust Rod. I trust the staff, and uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, when this first
1: when I first read this today, I was hoping that it meant that the team got some good news on Freddie. It uh, doesn't appear that's the case. They still say that they haven't received anything new since last week on Freddie, but uh, Rod kind of said in his post practice media availability today that the split between Halak and the team was more, was was mutual, but said that uh, it was more on Halak. So Rod said that, that Halak was in a quote, tough spot and realized that. So, you know, maybe missing this missing his family and um you know that that could be rough on anybody and a lot of guys go through it at the end of their career when they're trying to find a mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. They don't know where they're gonna be, so they kind of leave their family behind and they go chasing a deal, right? So um it doesn't look like this one worked out. I think the team was kind of moving at a slower pace than Halak might have wanted. Right. Um, so uh, but yeah, like you said, three goaltenders in the system. Um Rod today expressed confidence in Peretz, should they mm-hmm. need him. Uh, he's currently with the Admirals, uh, Norfolk, e- ECHL. I don't know if it's smart to go with Peretz at this point, in, in my mm-hmm. opinion, mm-hmm. And, you know, in the event of another injury, but uh, one would think that the team will find something else or 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 get something up in the works to bring in another goaltender or uh, so they can leave Peretz – alone in Norfolk. I think that's the 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 best mm-hmm. option. We don't want another mm-hmm. Jack Lafontaine experiment. Oh,
0: good lord. I wonder what he's up to now. Is he he's not with the organization.
1: <laughs> so actually, he's with Coachella Valley uh, in the Seattle organization right now. Uh, this year, he's he's bounced around since since the failed Lafontaine experiment in Raleigh uh, in 21-22 season. Mm-hmm. He's kind of bounced around the AHL and the ECHL. Uh, mostly the ECHL. I know he's playing down in Orlando last season. Um, the Solar Bears or whatever they're called down there. And, um, you know, part part of that 21 22 season, he was in Chicago with the Wolves. But, uh, but yeah, Coachella Valley now. So,
0: Mm -hmm. no, LaFontaine, I remember the first game he played and he clearly wasn't ready. I mean, he looked like a kid against like, uh, uh, huge NHL players and it showed Peretz, you know, has a little bit of background. You know, he's been to the top of the mountain, obviously not in the NHL, but in college, uh, he showed that he can play. Uh, Um, not saying LaFontaine hasn't showed that, but I would feel way better about Peretz. If worst case scenario happens, than having, uh, if LaFontaine was still a part of our organization.
1: Yeah, I just don't see it. I don't see. I mean, even if there is an injury, uh, if Ronto or Kachekov happen to go down or miss some time, I just don't. I mean, maybe they bring him up and give him a game, but I think also it would depend on when it happened. Um, you know, as far as what point of the season the injury happened, and you know the record. If we're battling for a, you know, a playoff spot in game seventy, you can't really see him bringing Peretz up.
0: You'd mm-hmm. think
1: there would be some kind of trade if it was before the trade deadline, or some kind of free agency signing, or maybe, who knows, maybe we get down the road um, and something, God forbid, happens. Maybe Halak's still sitting at the house. You know, who knows?
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, we've heard stuff about John Gibson. Don't think that's going to happen, but that's one of those things where goalies, some goalies are not happy where they're at right now, and I mean, maybe a trade deadline thing, worst-case scenario. One can only hope that the uh, Ducks keep on the downward trends.
1: So, so, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Gibson's available or not, but anyway, uh, moving forward, let's talk about these games. So polar opposites between Wednesday night and Saturday night, uh, against the flyers and the penguins, but Wednesday night, uh, the 15th in a nationally Mm -hmm. televised game, canes fall 3-1 to the flyers who have just really i mean and, and we remember shane talked about it in our in our interview they just really have been surprising everyone i mean who would have thought that you know a quarter into the season that philly is one of the top top three teams in the metro right <laughs> I mean, but they're, I mean, they're playing good hockey. It's, this is not just a, I don't think this is just a quick start or, you know, whatever. I, I think, I don't think this is just a streak. I think they're legit, AB.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, with Philadelphia last year, definitely having a new coach, you know, yeah, it's not going to work the first year. I mean, Rod's an exception because, you know, he was a assistant coach and, you know, that whole thing that happened and. Uh, 2019 was way beyond what all of us expected. Uh, but the way that Shane talked about Tortorella, he's building a culture and I mean, Philadelphia plays hard. I mean, every time that, you know, Carolina looks great on paper against Philadelphia, you're kind of like, well, this is going to be a blowout, but Philadelphia hustles. Their fourth line is strong. Um, their fourth and third lines kind of remind me of Stahl, uh, Martinook and Fost, but kind of like on steroids. I mean, yeah. they were everywhere and they played a complete game. Our defense wasn't where it needs to be. And uh we'll go into the uh summary. Uh we lost three to one. Owen Tippett scored early from the top of the right circle. Death or loss. Death taxes yep.
1: and Owen Tippett scoring against the Canes, man.
0: Yep, and Orloff, uh, it was off Orloff's pass off the boards in the neutral zone and recepted, and, you know, it eventually uh, led to a goal. Within the final minute of the first, Travis Konechny, uh redirected a puck to make it 2-0, and then we go on to the second, and um, Ryan Poling scored from the slot. D'Angelo really didn't have an attempt to stop it and you know uh, later on steph nason had the only highlight of the game uh d'angelo made a great pass and uh steph nason one timed it uh to the back of the net but beautiful shot yeah beautiful but philadelphia they kind of laid off and clogged up the offensive zone you know that Carolina just couldn't get any chances, and we're so used to dump and chase, but they were mm-hmm. just denying everything. It just seemed like Philadelphia was on top of everything that Carolina tried to do, whether it was change strategy or stick to the same strategy. It's Philadelphia had an answer. Um, I don't
1: think they. Uh, I think there was something crazy, like thirty blocked shots, or or something like that, and I don't know if it was necessarily. It might have been a little bit of both, but Philly blocking shots or us just shooting into their shin guards. I, I don't know, but <laughs> I mean, they just a ton of blocks. I mean, they really, I mean, like you said, we could not get anything to the net.
0: No, I mean, power play was also bad. Power play was really bad. Yeah, You know, uh, <laughs> we talked about in one of our first episodes, uh, the power play needed to improve, and they have significantly improved, but... This looked like last year. Yeah, the power bad. play just couldn't do anything. And two things that frustrated me, uh, Kokaniemi and Bunting both missed breakaways. I mean, you have mm. to finish it. Like, if you make a quality shot or the goalie makes a terrific save, I understand. But the shots they were taking were awful. Well, Bunting's rang the, the crossbar. I mean, a what?
1: millimeter, a millimeter lower, that would have bounced down across and into the net. But I mean, it's just that's just indicative of how the entire night went, really.
0: No, I mean, uh, Philadelphia uh, Canes don't play very well on uh, <laughs> national television. Every time yeah. I watch them on national te- television, you and I were at the game, but if I watch them on national t- television, they they're just awful. Maybe yeah. I have some bad juju going on. I don't know if that's the case. But I don't know. They
1: did they did okay on the playoffs and on national television. Yeah, they did. Uh it was a regular but the, season thing.
0: Yeah. So I mean, definitely that was one of the worst games we've played. Probably uh I'd say the second worst game we've played all year. Florida yeah, was probably the first. It was bad.
1: It was, but you know, even though as bad as 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 bad as they played they still technically could have won this game. I mean, they had their chances Carolina, according to natural stat trick, Carolina had 11 high danger chances to Philadelphia's five. Um, and what's crazy is <laughs> Kachekov saved a lot of the high danger chances, but it was these other, you know, well, no, redirections. I, I, would say, I would say the first goal he, sh- he, he probably yeah. should have had, but the other two, I don't know if he really had a chance, but, um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, like we've talked about, Carolina and their finishing, right? 11 Mm -hmm. high-danger chances. We get one to go. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, really, you know, they could have won. As bad as they played, they still could have won.
0: That's just been a reoccurring theme. I think that, you know, all the games that we've lost, and Shane talked about it, too, is like we haven't really played bad games. You know, we just can't get the bounces our way, but... You know, and then our talk mistakes
1: about- are catastrophic. That's the thing, too, is the mistakes that we make. I mean, we might only make a couple of mistakes, three, four mistakes, whatever, a night. But the problem is, is those mistakes are going in the back of the net. That's yeah. the problem.
0: But so, uh w- what frustrates you and I both is they'll play they'll blame it on I think we know, yeah, but right. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll, but, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I'm, but I've I mean got it's some a, stuff to say. yeah. It, it's you know, the team they're right there, they're knocking on the door, they just can't get the bounce. And, you know, obviously when you lose whatever team that you're cheering for or follow, when you see a loss, you just think, you know, they played terrible, it was awful. Like a loss yeah. is a loss, I get that. But, you know, just the the chances we had, you know, maybe if it were to, we got the bounces compared to uh, Philadelphia, this would be a whole different conversation, but um, they need to, you know, keep the foot on the gas. And, you know, especially with goals. Uh, yeah, I mean, we saw it when Nason scored, you know, the crowd was getting into it, like, finally. But Philadelphia, right. the difference was when Philadelphia scored, they didn't let off the gas. And I thought Carolina did that after they scored the scored their goal. And Philadelphia yeah, just so. controlled the whole entire game.
1: Yeah, um, you know one of the things about this game, and we'll move on from it uh, and talk mm-hmm. about the the Pittsburgh game, which is a little better, yep, <laughs> to say the least. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, more of this, more of this uh, early period, late period garbage um, that we've been letting in all year. You know, I mean, the first Philadelphia gets on the board in like the first what minute and a half or something. I mean, it was quick, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh, they scored again within the final minute of the first period to make it two nothing. And then again, second period, 29 seconds in that was mm-hmm. their three goals. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- that's been an issue. I feel like all mm-hmm. year, uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, moving on to Pittsburgh. So Saturday night, and and we'll, we're going to talk about what happened after the Philadelphia game, as far as some of the words and statements made by the team and the head coach, we'll get to that here in a minute. Um, but mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Saturday night, uh canes earned a 4-2 win so the game would start canes gave up the first goal to Sidney crosby midway through the first on a backhand from a jake Gensel pass um Ronta really didn't have a chance i thought so tony was play was kind of standing right in front of the net and i know you know the the usual suspects want to tweet out at tony d'angelo after this goal but i didn't think you know i've rewatched it several times i didn't think tony I, I did think Tony D'Angelo played it correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was standing in front of Sidney Crosby um, between, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the puck had to pass him to get to Crosby, but um, the puck happened to make its way by Tony, kind of like a little bouncing puck situation. And, um, and then it just landed on Crosby's stick, and he was able to just backhand it in. So I don't really think Tony played it wrong. I just think, you know, I just think his stick was in the wrong spot, but Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, Crosby would land that for uh, one to nothing. That's how the first period went end. Carolina would get on the board about 13 minutes into the second on a beautiful passing sequence.
0: Uh, Mm. So
1: Aho kind of uh, intercepted the puck in the neutral zone, kind of skated it in a nice pass to Jarvis. Uh, Once Aho passed it to Jarvis, he kind of skated in front of the crease. Um to the right side of the net. Uh Jarvis with a nice little no-look pass back to Teravinan, who then immediately with another no-look pass right over to Aho, who was kind of making his way backwards, uh, kind of at the bottom of the right face-off circle just above the corner of the crease. And then Aho just slides it right, you know, past Jari in the post to make it one-one. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. And it was actually that play was actually one of the um you know, play of the night candidates or whatever on the NHL network mm. or something like that. Um there was also a Brady Shea deflection uh that was that was one of yeah, the that, well, yeah. that was that was amazing too. <laughs> um so yeah one one then Carolina would get an early power play in the second period uh Brent Burns would score on a one timer off a pass from Jacob Jacob Slavin to make it two one Carolina. Mm. Uh, the goal the goal ended up being recorded as an even strength goal since the puck technically crossed the goal line. Like I mean, it had to have been like milliseconds after the power play expired, uh, but when Burns took the shot, there was still time left on the power play clock. So I guess technically it's not a power play goal, but it was generated uh, with the extra the the man advantage because. Uh, I believe it was – was it a Gensel penalty maybe, I believe?
0: It may or, have been. I think he Eric went Carlson. to the box once. Eric Carlson went in the box towards the end of the game.
1: I think, yeah, that was that Jarvis, the mm-hmm. empty netter. Anyway, empty yeah, so anyway. Um, anyway, goal by Brent Burns, great shot. Then, A.B., we thought Andre Spetchnikov would finally get his first of the season. And his uh, first since tearing his ACL on a beautiful shot that snuck in between Jari's shoulder and the post. But unfortunately, Pitt would challenge for offsides and would win. So the goal was removed. And, you know, it was a correct call. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see it?
0: Yeah. I, usually, uh, trip was talking about it too. And uh, I talked to Mike about it uh, afterwards, uh, after the game. Um, and usually, when coaches challenge an offside it's usually going to go in their favor because they're not just going to waste the penalty on you know something that is borderline but yeah. i thought it was kind of borderline but i uh sent a uh text to brandon from the warning take uh who we had on recently and after looking at the video and taking a screenshot it was clearly it was offsides but yeah it sucks that uh Sveshnikov didn't have that goal. Maybe it could have gotten him going. So yeah,
1: I, and maybe it still will. I mean, just to fit. I mean, he still he still scored the goal. I mean, yeah, it got disallowed on the board, but you know, it was a beautiful shot. Yeah, he got. I mean, he still felt it. It still he saw it. You know, so maybe that'll still help. But um, yeah, watching it live when when it happened, when I was watching the play, I thought that it was offside when they scored, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it is what it is. But um, the bad thing about that is is we would have gone up three one but instead Pitt would pittsburgh would even it at two midway through the third on a delayed penalty um, they had an extra attacker on the ice goalie to the bench uh Chris Latang got a shot through, and sidney crosby was able to put it uh put in the rebound look like we just talked about, I thought when I was watching it live, I thought the play was offside and this was before they even called the penalty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't have any comment. you know, I was sitting in the arena. We didn't have any, we couldn't hear any commentary. We weren't hit- listening to Tripp and Mike or whatever, but just with, I I thought that whoever was tagging up there as they were entering the zone, I didn't think they made it. Mm-hmm. And I still don't. And I, and I don't understand why Rod didn't challenge. Um, but you know, I guess his explanation or I guess the explanation Rod received was that the puck wasn't touched in the zone until after said player tagged up. But I don't I don't think so. I think it was offside.
0: Anyway. Yeah, I mean, watching it, I saw Rod take a long look at it mm-hmm. and I was kind of confused as to why he went in challenging because that goal from Crosby, it pretty much was like a rebound. Um, from Ranta, and then Crosby right. put it in the back of the net. But yeah, I believe it. Was you a, you know, I'm gonna, Garrett Carlson shot. Yeah, but I'm gonna give Crosby credit. I mean, the guy's 36 years old. Yeah, and he has like what 12 goals now. Well,
1: yeah, um, and, he, and he's the NHL's third star of the week this week as well.
0: So, you know, I've uh, watching the penalty over and over again. Uh, at first, I didn't pay too much attention to it, but I watched the highlights and. You clearly could have challenged, but I kind of understand where Rod was coming from because, I mean, that led to a tie game. And, you know, if Toronto said, you know, that uh, the challenge failed, then we could totally be talking about something completely different.
1: Yeah. And then they go right back on the power play. The goal still counts. And then, you know, you're giving them a, a two minute advantage to go up, you know, to potentially get the the to take the lead. So mm-hmm. yeah, I get it too. Um, but I thought it was offside. Yeah. So I think we anyway all Doesn't matter though, because exactly. two and a half minutes later, Seth Jarvis would redirect a shot from Jacob Slavin. Uh which that one would,
0: that was not a shot. That was a full blown pass. Well, that was a right, pass.
1: Right. It was a pass, but it was still on net. So just kind of redirected in. Um and that would prove to be the game winner, making it 3-2. At the end of the third period, while Carolina was on a power play, uh, Pittsburgh would gain the zone and pull Jari, uh, which ended up making it even strength. But Jarvis was able to gather the puck and drain it for an empty net power play goal, officially a power play goal. And he would finish the night uh, with two goals, one assist, and was the first star in the building. I thought Jarvis played great. Um, mm mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys that played great across the board. I think uh, up and down a lot. That's how we want it to look, AB. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought the defense played well. Yes, there were a few mistakes, but Ranta was an excellent backstop. He um, finished. Let's see. He allowed two goals. I don't. Re- I don't remember his shot count on the night, but he uh, he made some very key saves and key moments. And was the second star in the building, so uh, hopefully we continue to get play like that from Ranta. If we do, we'll be fine.
0: Yeah, hundred so. percent.
1: So yeah, these two games were polar opposites. Now we are going to wait to see what happens uh, as we move forward. Is this going to be, you know, we've we've kind of had bad game, good game, bad game, you know, back and forth, inconsistent. But um, I guess moving forward, we're we're really going to tell if this team is going to develop any kind of consistency mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. Um, or what happens, but uh, any last thoughts on that game, maybe?
0: No, I mean, good to escape with the win. Uh, but yeah. we played a complete game. Uh, Svetch looked good. Jarvis looked wet, really good. Teravine in his contract year. I mean, he's, he is something else right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, And, uh, you know, I hope it continues to, you know, develop. And Ronta played really well. I mean, there were a couple of goals that could have easily been let in, but Ronta kind of stood on his head for a couple of them. And believe it or not, Pittsburgh on paper, they're power-loaded. You have Carlson, you have Malkin, you have Getzel, you have Crosby. Um, And, you know... I saw a shift. I really saw a shift in the second period. We looked like the best team in the NHL. We were dominating. I mean, we were all over the place, high quality chances, and yeah, you know, there were some mistakes, but it was nice to get a win and to kind of, you know, have a little sigh of relief because if I know, uh, if I know anything, we looked phenomenal. And uh, not yep. phenomenal, but towards the second and third, uh, really. So happy yeah, to they, uh, get away great. with a win, for sure, for sure.
1: All right, so uh, we are we've got plenty of discussions to get into here. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do that, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. You're listening to Kaniac Sessions. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8HOPENY or text HOPENY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before, like their Everyday Earbuds. Raycon first name made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their Everyday Earbuds, known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features, like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-air fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. In this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Their faucet filter ultra-filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you have to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of the premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in on the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site, with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right, A.B., we're back. We are back. All right, we got some stuff to talk about. Um, Let's do it. And you know, like we talked about earlier, how these two games between you know the Philly game and then the Pittsburgh game were polar opposites. Um, there was a there was some dialogue kind of around the team after that Philadelphia game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rod Brendamore and Jordan Stahl both kind of called out the team, which is very rare. I, I feel like publicly, you know, we mm-hmm. don't we don't really hear what happens in the mm-hmm. you know behind closed doors, other than these little videos that. Kane's pr put out but um you know there's kind of some dialogue about some players who weren't fully bought in whatever that means um i think maybe you know some of the speculation i've heard is that there's just players who aren't sticking to the system when the score may not be going their way Mm -hmm. right like some Mm -hmm. of these players are trying to go rogue and play another style when they should be sticking uh to the game you know i talked about and I'm going to let you talk on this too, AB, but I, I talked about last session and I got to go ahead and call myself out here because I was like, you know, Oh, well the Florida game was their wake up call. They mm-hmm. shut out Tampa. Everything's fixed. Let's go win the Stanley cup. Right. Well, I think I was wrong <laughs> because then we just totally, you know, uh, crept the bed against Philadelphia. And now we're just going to see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. Just some inconsistency, but um, your thoughts on all that?
0: I know there are uh games where teams don't play well, it happens to everybody. Um, but it is very frustrating. I wish I, you know, could say what is really on my mind, but you know, yeah, Uh, um. Like you said, we thought the Florida game was a wake up call. And then we ended up shutting out Tampa the next game, you know, feeling mm-hmm. good, you know, everything like that. And then, you know, did we play Buffalo after the Tampa game
1: or was that before? No, that was before. They played Buffalo before. and went
0: down. To, yeah. And then they went to Tampa and then they came back here for Philadelphia. Well, and they went to Florida, saw... Buffalo, Florida, then Tampa. And then they went back here and played Philadelphia. Correct. And you saw the same team that uh, clearly was traveled with the team uh, from yeah. Florida. Yeah. Um, you know, still early, but all of us Canes fans have been very spoiled for the past four or five years uh, because, you know, this is our year. This is, you know, this is this is it. You know, like this is the time's ticking. You know, I've said that. Uh you know, it's just every hockey team has its ups and downs, and you know, it's clear to look at the Hurricanes' record and see, you know, the seven losses and say, Oh my gosh, we're going back to the dark ages. Um, which is not true. You know, I've seen a lot more positives than negatives, but those negatives are definitely not overlooked. Uh, yeah. You hope that they can get it together and Ronta's got the hot hand. Kochetkov, I really enjoy watching him play. He's a great goaltender. He has elite potential, but you have to ride the hot hand. And I, think I don't both know if well. they both are, but you know, Ronta more so than oh yeah. I, I so I ride agree. the hot hand. Especially at home. Yeah, it's what 13-0 or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So they so we need to, you know, uh build off of this win and you know, keep pushing. I, I don't want to see, you know, let's play really well and then lose another game. Win, then lose. You know, I want to see some win streaks happen. I know they're gonna be losing streaks. You know, it happened this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we kind of need to start getting into the flow. And I know some new players or law bunting, but they're starting to kind of, you know, get adjusted to the system. And, you know, we've seen how both of them can play in different systems. But now it's you're in Rod's system. You're in our system. right, Right. You know, we'll see. But I have hope still. Yeah, I'm looking for some consistency. You know, like you said, instead of this up and
1: down, I mean, it's it's never. Like, can we get something in the middle? You know, (laughs) it's (laughs) apparently not. It doesn't have to be complete domination on one hand and, you know, embarrassment on the other. I mean, and it has, it really wasn't embarrassment. It was just not what we're used to seeing. But I will say this, and I tweeted this or posted this on X or X this or whatever we're calling it. And I, and we're still, we still don't know what we're calling it. Well, we'll figure it out. Anyway, I posted this on the app that, talks about the team start last season and i don't really remember you know sounding the alarm but i mean there were certain games that i remember last season sounding the alarm but so last year and i went back and i and i looked this up and i did the research and i posted this but through 20 games last season carolina was 10 6 and 4 right 10 6 and 4 through 20 games Mm-hmm. Today, as we stand, we are at the 17 game mark in this season. And they're 10 and seven. Mm-hmm. So unless we go and lose the next three or four games in uh overtime, we're technically starting better. I mean, you're assuming we're going to get a win in one of these next three, right? Mm-hmm. So technically, that's a better start. It, you know, unless we lose all three of them. Anyway, that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. After that 20-game mark last year when we were sitting 10-6-4, if you remember through the month of December, the Canes went on a 17-game point streak. Part of that was 11 straight wins. And at the 37-game mark, they were sitting at 25-6-6, six, and six, AB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to – Replicate that. Yeah, I'm not saying they're gonna come out on on Wednesday night against Edmonton and just start rattling off wins, which they may. I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's a favorable schedule moving through December. So Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm just what I'm what what I'm trying to relay to everybody by saying this and looking that up and tweeting it out is this team can, you know, once it clicks, they can go streaking at any point. Mm -hmm. And actually, I expect it to happen. I'm not saying I'm I'm expecting 17 games, but you know, will they rattle off some uh, a nice little point streak at some point soon? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think it's coming.
0: Um, what I oh, go ahead. You, no, I just I
1: was just gonna finish. I was gonna say you know they're they're figuring it out. It's coming.
0: No, uh, what I've seen definitely looking at the first couple of games and compared to now. Orloff and D'Angelo specifically, because, you know, they've been under scrutiny. You know, we're paying Orloff $7 million uh, a year. They're improving. Whether you don't see it or not, from my eyes, they're improving. You know, there are obviously some mistakes out there, but, you know, they just look a lot more comfortable. And I'll tell you somebody who else is looking a lot more comfortable that was great last year is Brent Burns. The past, the past couple of games, you know, we haven't really seen him to where, you know, we expect him to be, you know, 60-plus points. But, you know, that goal last night and the way he's been playing the past couple of games, it, he's starting to get in a groove. And I just hope that rubs off on Orloff, D'Angelo, and Bunting's playing well. Um, but I hope, you know, it rubs off on the whole team because, like you said, the winning streaks – Help us a lot. Um, You know, we want to be in the conversation for the playoffs. I don't care where we finish. I just want to be in the playoffs.
1: Correct. Yeah. Um, I thought Burns had a good week I, <laughs> and he was even so he's he, he's even been sick as well. Mm. So he if you remember, uh, I believe it was Wednesday morning uh, before Philly. He didn't take morning skate Um and but he ended up playing because. You know he's got to keep that
0: Iron Man streak. I
1: think. Well, think now that, um, I think Kessel is the only one. I don't even know if Kessel's considered active or not. But
0: no, he's not. He's free agent. He's but I mean, right. So w- so Brent what? Burns
1: is the active, uh, Iron Man streak right now. Well, so. you
0: know, well, you know why? What do what do I consider him? A little quiz for you, right? Oh now. yeah,
1: I know he's the alpha male or species. That's, That's
0: right. So he can easily bounce back. But it's really good to see him. Start to get yeah. in this groove a little bit.
1: Yeah, I believe Walt it was either Walt Ruff or or Ryan Hinkle or somebody uh said they or maybe it was Corey Lavalette said they were talking to Brent Burns in the locker room today. Uh and and today is Monday as a recording. But um they were talking to him after uh the practice this morning and he said he was feeling better, um, that he had gone several days where he wasn't sleeping well and so on and so forth. So uh he's on the up and but he played well through that. I, I mean, you couldn't tell he was sick. No, so, no. Um, but all right, AB, we got we got to address something else too.
0: Okay. And Wait, before we do that, before we do that, I want to mention something really fast. Go for it. Brent Burns, his slap shot. I don't yeah. know why they don't give him more chances. Because the one that he scored what I saw, it said 89.5 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was less than that. I think it was a lot more higher. But I've talked about, you know, Natchez and a lot of these guys getting one-timers. And the past couple of times when we use the one-timer, we've gotten quality chances and even goals. So yeah. keep feeding in the puck because his shot is <laughs> – I wouldn't it's get in legit. front of it if you were to pay no. me thousands of dollars. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely. So, not. but anyways,
1: yeah. Let's let's talk about this. So there's a debate, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's really a debate amongst the team. Okay. Although it although this morning at practice may be an indicator that maybe it is, but there's a debate among the fans, right? And it's toxic. It's a toxic debate um, between people who just don't like the guy. Um, And you know, look, there's some people like even me and and everybody knows what we're talking about. We're talking about Tony D'Angelo, you know, if Tony's not playing well, I will be the first to say it. And yes, he has had his moments, quite a few moments to this point where he's played horrible defensively, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it just, and I, you know, I call a spade a spade. It Mm -hmm. just, it just has, he just has, he's played, he's had a rough start, but Mm -hmm. There's some people that literally, I mean, I can go, look, I can go on X and I can go to certain people's, you know, little profile or wall or feed or whatever the heck we call it and scroll down through there. And it's like every other tweet is something about Tony D'Angelo. And it's like such a sick and toxic infatuation with trying to call this guy out when something goes wrong, no matter what it is, you know, and it's just, Like the dude is living rent free and in the heads of certain individuals. And it's just so like, like, it's so tired, man. You know, like, gosh, like people find something else to do, you know, like enjoy the hockey. Yes. Tony D'Angelo turns the puck over sometimes, but like, man, AB, I'm just, I'm about like two seconds. Yeah. Deleting my Twitter profile just because I can't get on there. Without seeing some kind of garbage, you know, I don't know.
0: I, I'll anyway. say, I'll say, I'll say this: you have every right to voice your opinion. You have every right yeah, to, yeah. you know, be frustrated with somebody. I get that. Let's look at, you know, I'm not saying T- Tony D'Angelo is one of the all time greats, but I'm show but I'm making my point right now. As Michael Jordan has he lost games? Has he played really bad before? Yes. Has Tom Brady? cost his team the game before. Has he thrown interceptions as he fumbled the ball? Yes. The same with, you know, if you watch soccer, Messi, has he played really bad? Yes. But if Sebastian Ajo were to do the same thing that D'Angelo, obviously D'Angelo makes mistakes. Every single person on our team makes mistakes. And right. I'm so sick and tired of people pointing their finger at one person. If it's either D'Angelo or it's Orloff, those are the people that are getting their fingers pointed at. What about the other players? Because not all of it is on just two people. Exactly. I, last time I checked, two people aren't on a roster. That's right. It's 20 It's twenty people. And I'll say this um, again. What about Jacob Trouba? We saw him the other night lay a very controversial hit. Yeah, I didn't really see a lot of Cane's fans talk about that. But when Tony D'Angelo makes a mistake, they want to go straight to their iPhone, whatever, tablet, Android, whatever. They want to mm-hmm. type. But when they see that guy in person, when they saw him two years ago, when he's right in front of their face, they're the biggest fanboy girl, whatever that <laughs> they want that they that they're gonna be. I mean, just, just support the guys. I mean, it's your team. If you don't like somebody on the team, then clearly Rod Brendamore has a purpose for bringing all of these guys in. And if you can't support that, you need to go support somebody else.
1: Yeah, and it's not. Look, it's not. And I'm not saying that it's anybody and everybody that tweets about Tony D'Angelo. Like, that's no, what right, I'm right, about, right, 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 right. Like. You know, I give credit where credit's due, and I also give criticism where criticism is due. Like, that's fine. But it's what what just drives me nuts is literally everything they talk about. Their entire being revol- on Twitter revolves around Tony D'Angelo and how much they hate him or how – and then they try to say, oh, well, it's just I'm a fan of defensive defensemen or I'm a fan of, you know, good
0: defense or good – but whatever. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of it and tons of Hurricanes fans and everybody's guilty of it. What about Eric Carlson? I mean, yeah. he scored 100 points and that is a feat in itself. Eric Carlson is a elite defenseman. What about defensively? I think he was a minus 26. And Mike yeah. said this on one of our sessions is the people that nitpick are the people that are like, oh, what can I contribute today? Exactly. Like, exactly. I mean, and come on.
1: It's it's so I'm so tired of, of seeing it. But, you know, there is this there is a debate, you know, should it be Jalen Chatfield or should it be Tony D'Angelo? You know, Chatfield is a great, you know, he he's a great player. He has proven himself last year. He played all 82 games. He was exactly what we needed him to be and more. You know, he has earned his spot on this team. Um, and Tony D'Angelo is weak defensively. He knows it. He's been on record saying it. He knows his where his pitfalls are, right? But he brings a whole other level on the offensive side. And I really think that, you know, I think that the coaching staff's mindset behind this Dmitry Orlov and Tony D'Angelo pairing is I think they're giving it every opportunity to work. It's early in the season. They are trying to get these two to build chemistry. That way they can have a defensive they can have three defensive pairs with a shutdown defender and uh, some offensive upside on each defensive pair. That's what they want that's what this coaching staff wants to see, and they want to give this every opportunity to work out. So everybody wants to complain about this Dmitry Orlov, Tony D'Angelo pairing. Yes, it's been bad. Yes, it has. But the coaching staff wants to give these guys every opportunity to build chemistry and figure it out.
0: Ryan, he's going to – oh, go ahead, sorry.
1: We're going to need that. We're, if, if this works out, it benefits the team, right, in, in exactly how this coaching staff wants them to play. So, um, and real quick, just to finish my thought on this. Mm-hmm. It may be nearing the time to where we need to give Jalen Chatfield a shot at this position um you know especially especially just to start stacking some of these wins maybe giving up some of the potential on the power play to make sure that we are defensively responsible you know all across the board like maybe we're nearing that position but i will say against pittsburgh rod shifted his defensive pairs mm-hmm. after originally saying he did want did not want to touch his top four right he wants to keep his top four pairings together which I totally get there's chemistry there they've played together for a long time but when he moved Tony D'Angelo to play with Brady Shea and then put Orlov with Brett Pesci I thought that worked out really well and that's also worked out at certain times like you know, the D'Angelo Shea pairing when Brett Pesci was out, I thought was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. for the most part, right? I mean, yeah, there was some, um, you know, there's certain times where mistakes were made, but Brady Shea, I think is, I think he's a little underrated defensively. I think he's, I think he's solid, right? I think he can cover, uh, for for some of Tony D'Angelo's mishaps. And I think a lot of Brady Shea's defensive av- ability kind of might, might get covered up because he's been playing with Brett Pesci so long, who we all know is, you know, one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Um, so that's my thought on that, that debate, right? It, it may be time to go to Chatfield, uh, but either way, the coaching staff makes these decisions based upon what they see and the way they want this team to play, And it's not up to us. To question that, we support it. We can criticize, right? But do we we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what this coaching staff's trying to do. Uh, Ryan anyway. Hinkle
0: just Ryan Hinkle just put a thing on Twitter. This was three hours ago. Nobody else is in the locker room at PNC. There is, I assume, to be a mom, a father, and a son, just in the room. You know who's talking to him? Who? Tony D'Angelo. Oh yeah, you know who just gave him a stick and posed for a picture? Tony Tony? D'Angelo.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my thing. Like he's, yes, he he is weak defensively, but he he's got a huge offensive upside when he's playing to the best of his ability. But just because this guy has made mistakes in his personal life in the past, does not mean that this is not a good guy. You don't know him, people. You don't know the person he is. Yes, we've seen the articles. we've seen the it's all old stuff, y'all. The guy is a good person. He's friends with everybody in that locker room. They love him. They all do. I mean I give it a rest.
0: Oh I just responded God. to the, I just responded to the tweet. I said he's such he's such a bad player quotation. Uh, Thank you for showing the personal side of a human being. Lots of people will on the post, but great job. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I just I'm so tired of it. It's so toxic. Yeah,
0: whatever. I just need to mute the name D'Angelo Tony uh, off. If I even have that option on Twitter, X, whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll like I said, and then I'll leave it. I've criticized him for his play. but We all have. But it's not – I'm not doing it to meet some narrative. Like, you know, 80% of the people we see on Twitter. But it's not – look, in the arena, it's nothing like that. In the arena, it's nowhere near <laughs> – it's just – it's these trolls that just sit on – their computer
0: all day and sleep on their computer, wake up at 4 a.m. Yeah. I know people that do that. Yeah. It's, and, (laughs) and I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, be rude, but you know, I, uh, what, what kind of person are they in person? Because if they were to be confronted by that in person, no, yeah, not at all. Run away. I, And if you ever see me at games and I'll say, I don't know if I'm saying this for Matt. If you see me at games and you want to have a conversation about Tony D'Angelo, I will be happy to listen to you. But I'm not just going to be confronted and be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't want a confrontation. No, I'm going to stand up for what I believe is right. You can do the same thing. I 100% want you to do that if you ever come up to me during a game. I appreciate that. Don't just hide behind a screen and then come up to me or to anybody and be like, yeah, he's bad. But then when somebody gives you facts or tells you, you know, I don't agree with you, just don't even bother.
1: That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's that. And and another thing, you know, and this goes hand in hand. And this is another thing I want to talk about, A.B. I've seen a lot of Rod Brendamore slander lately. (laughs) Um and that needs to stop as well. And let us not forget where we were six years ago, seven years ago and beyond. Uh, let's not remember, let's not forget, you know, what this man has done for this organization, this city, um, you know, from the entire time that he's been a part of it. I mean, let's not forget just because you don't agree with his third defense pair, you know, <laughs> I've 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 just heard a high amount of slander lately, you know, just because they're unhappy with the Dmitry Orlov, Tony D'Angelo defensive pair. Um mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen tweets, and you know what? I'm gonna use this opportunity to uh read some stupid X posts. Uh, Go AB. for it. Go for it. Yeah, I'm ready. I was gonna, gonna save these to the end, but it goes hand in hand here. So yeah, we're gonna do mm-hmm. this now. Let me pull them up here. So the first one. Um, In a quote tweet to Walt Ruff's post about the lines at Morning Skate ahead of the Penguins game, mm-hmm. this uh being, whatever, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. says, continuing to roll Orlov TDA out there together is coaching malpractice. Malpractice, A B. We're calling Rod Brendamore and Tim Gleason coaching
0: malpractice. Um okay. I'm gonna what read I'm it? gonna I'm gonna read a stat since two thousand and eleven till two thousand and eighteen. The hurricanes in order have finished fifth, third, seventh, eighth, sixth, seventh, six in the metropolitan division. When Rod to, right? took up prior yeah. to when Rod took over fourth, fourth, first, first, first. <laughs> Does that sound like malpractice to you? Um, maybe if I was hiding behind a uh tablet but yeah. um same guy you ready for this yeah same guy. but same. rod hold on. came here for a reason he hold was on. on oh
1: hold on let me read this one
0: same All guy right. yeah i'm gonna Go let
1: finish your thought but this 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 goes hand in hand so okay. same guy here tweets out the hurricanes coaching staff continuing to play orlov and d'angelo together and oh by the way let me stop and say that this is the very same day. Um, he posted this the very same day. <laughs> Says the Hurricanes coaching staff continuing to play Orlov and D'Angelo together after seeing the results is indefensible. Because obviously, this guy knows more than mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. future Hall of Famer Rod Brindamore and mm-hmm. uh, great defenseman Tim Gleason. Mm hmm right he just Mm -hmm. he knows maybe maybe they should hire this guy to be an advisor to the coaching staff so he can tell them what defensive pairs to roll out together
0: all right go ahead yeah and we'll go back to the dark ages for 20 years but anyways um rod brendamore came here for a reason you know a lot of players when they retire and they have great careers that's it they're done Mm -hmm. you know that They've given a lot to the get Any NHL player has given so much to the game and so much to the fans and so much to franchise or franchises, you know, they played for. Rod didn't have to do that. He's Not won Selkies. He brought home the first Stanley Cup to the Hurricanes. And we'll talk about this with Whalers controversy, uh, that we've been seeing tweets about. Um <laughs> <laughs> But the only good coach we had was, you know, besides Moore was Paul Maurice. And, you know, I'm glad that he's thriving in Florida. You know, he had a couple of good years uh, for us in Carolina and Peter Laviolette. You know, same thing. He was the coach when we won the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, he's doing pretty good things his first year in New York. But if you have the audacity to say to a guy that has scored over a 1,000 points in the NHL, won Selkies, won a Stanley Cup, won division championships, has made it to the, the Easter Conference Final twice, has won yeah. at least one playoff series every time he has been the head coach.ed You're out of your mind. Yeah,
1: and
0: <laughs> again, again,
1: I think that, look, Rod know knows when somebody isn't playing well. He knows what a mistake looks like on the ice. He knows that this pairing has had a rough start. Again, I'm going to say it again, and then we're going to leave it alone, A.B. But they, this coaching staff, is giving this pairing every opportunity to work out because if it works out, it's the best possible scenario that we could possibly have with these three defensive pairings, right? It's not, they have not chosen to abandon it yet, Mm -hmm. okay? It's Mm -hmm. not doomsday. We're 10 and 7, Okay, We are still within reach of the top of the division. This, they are giving it time. If this if Tony D'Angelo and Dmitry Orlov can build chemistry and work out as this season moves forward, I don't even know if there is a better defensive structure that we could possibly put out there. if it works out. Yes, Jalen Chatfield is the better defenseman. But if you've got offense and defense on every single pair, that is the best-case scenario. It's mm-hmm. not time to abandon it. They have chosen not to abandon it. If it doesn't work out here within the next few games, guess what? They're going to move on from it. But it's too early. Last end thing rant. Gonna... End rant. I'm done. Go ahead, A.B.
0: Last thing I'll say, if we look at any team, let's look at the Vancouver Canucks. For example, great year so far. Great year so far. Last year, they were awful. I mean, they were <laughs> terrible. Every person in Vancouver was ready to get rid of everybody except for Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. I saw stuff on JT Miller been of him to get perhaps that. <laughs> being traded. Yeah, of perhaps him being traded. They've been for Raleigh for years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look at them now. I mean, they're. Second in the Pacific division. And I'll say this too. The Edmonton Oilers, who we're gonna get into of who we're getting ready to play next, they have they are not playing very well. No. Do you expect a team to win 50 games every single year? It's not possible. Every player is gonna make a mistake. I'll say this. Wayne Gretzky is the greatest player of all time in the history of hockey. Has he made mistakes before? Has he had off games? Has he had, well, you know, tough stretches? Yes, absolutely. Is the coach going to give up on Wayne Gretzky? No. It's a guy no, I mean, like Rod Brindamore, who is clearly getting ready to be in the Hall of Fame, going to give up on a player because they're not playing well for a couple of games, but then playing really well in the next couple of games? No. I I, I can go on and on, but, it, you know, it's just not worth the energy or time to talk well, look about. Columbus,
1: look at what Columbus is dealing with. They mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Line was scratched last night. Um, yeah. So, I mean... I mean, are, are they ready to are they ready to hang this guy from the the gallows, you know what I mean, because Patrick Line is not playing well? I don't think so. Um, you know, it takes everybody goes through a rough stretch. And I don't agree. And and I don't agree with them scratching Patrick Line. I think you need to leave him in and give him the opportunity to work through whatever it is he's got going on. Um, because, you know, they just do. It's not you just you don't put Patrick Line in the booth and be like, well, well, you're not playing well. Um, you know, go figure it out. I think you let him you leave him on the ice and let him finish or let him figure it out. so that's just me but uh just to, to touch a little bit more uh on Rod Brendamore and his potential contract situation um we saw an ex post uh Friday the seventeenth from Kevin weeks uh so Kevin weeks puts out these little, you know, things to keep an eye on
0: uh, breaking news.
1: Yeah. Breaking news.
0: His forehead and... is more popular than some of the Twitter accounts.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, but this post, uh, this keeping an eye on post was about Rod Brendamore's contract extension talks. Um, And, you know, he just says a little, you know, little narr, little thing about how uh, Rod Brendamore is one of the Top coaches in the NHL and you know, there's a lot of places that would love to have him and this and that. So he would he he said that, you know, contract talks could be heating up. Maybe this is a hint, A B. Maybe he's caught in wind that um, you know, negotiations have started. And, you know, if that's the case, is this the best time to be negotiating a contract?
0: I I mean, I mean, I wish they would have handled this in the offseason. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of people that want to, you know, play a video game and be like, you know, my GM has a bad year. I'm not I'm not going to resign him. Wait, what? Like. People on Twitter,
1: oh, oh, Instagram, or whatever,
0: if they have a problem with how we're starting this year. They're gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, after one season, you know disregard the five years making the playoffs, two Eastern Conference Finals appearances, winning a playoff series every single time we enter the playoffs, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't Ron believe is here to say, yeah, he's I don't here to stay to...
1: there's no way that he's gonna walk, they're gonna get it figured out. I just wish. You know, I just don't think it's the best time in the middle of the season to be, handle, you know, hashing out a contract negotiation for your head coach. Like, the guy's busy enough. And, you know, I know he's got an agent probably handling it and this and that, but I um, – But it's also it's just, the media. It is. That's true. That's true. Um, but, you know, this – you know, I don't think Kevin Weeks posts stuff like that unless something's going on. So, um, it's something to keep an eye out <laughs> – well, just like the tweet said. Keep an eye on, and uh, we'll see what comes of it, but. Mm -hmm. last thing um, we'll talk about and then we'll get ready to get up out of here. But, uh, wow, we've already gone for over an hour, but all good. (laughs) So, uh, like we talked about with Shane last session, um, the Canes released the white Whalers jerseys that they will be wearing at Whalers night this year. And shortly thereafter, he started seeing a lot of uh, takes on Twitter about, how the old Hartford fans don't like it. And there was a, you know, there was a video from some news organization up in Hartford interviewing some fans that said they didn't like it. And then there's an account on X called hockey night in Hartford. And I've never heard of them before until this (laughs) kind of went semi viral, but they shared this video from the empty netters podcast uh, where it was, you know, the guys talking about how, they literally called whalers night stolen valor (laughs) and that, that Carolina shouldn't be allowed to wear the whalers uniform. And you know, that it's two distinct teams and it's not though. And I disagree. And if you haven't seen that video, go to X uh, search for hockey night in Hartford, scroll down a little way and then watch this video about how they just basically trashed the canes for, you know, be careful. They may block you. Oh, whatever. Do it. I probably already am. But, um, just trashed the organization for even you know said that it, all it was was a marketing ploy and um <laughs> a tool to make money which i mean that's a upside of it but you know ab i don't i i disagree with everything they said like and you can you can talk on this but the Hartford Whalers is part of the history of this team I mean, it just is. We've got we've got Ron Francis's jersey number hanging in the rafters. He played with the Whalers. The last season, the 25th anniversary season, a lot of that, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things on the historical aspect of the team that, that was revisited and and certain things. A lot of that was focused on the move from Hartford and and the team that was there before it is very much so a part of this team history. And I don't care what they say.
0: If any people in Hartford are listening, there's a reason why they relocated. Yeah. Hartford, you know, has had, you know, they have have a great AHL team, and we'll talk about a former AHL coach. And I think he was the head coach for the Hartford Ice Pack um he was and he just got hired as the uh Edmonton Oilers new head mm-hmm. coach mhm yeah. let me let me put this into um perspective all right so the Quebec Nordiques they had, a, yeah. they had a great franchise over there, you know. But, you know, towards the end, it just wasn't working out. And they moved to Colorado. And Colorado's won – how many Stanley Cups have they won? They've won one, two, three, four – they've won five, I think, since they were relocated. Yeah, four or five. I don't remember. So, our – and, and and they're they still saying wear like the Nordiques jersey, yeah. They and they said the, like, oh no, like you know, like they haven't done that. Right. They did it last year. If we look at the Los Angeles Dodgers, Dodgers, how they moved to Brooklyn uh, a couple years ago, yep, I think yep. maybe this year they wore Dodgers jerseys.
1: A better, and, a better example is this year the Tennessee Titans
0: wore the Houston Oilers, the
1: Houston Oilers, yeah.
0: And I'll tell you this, the Oakland Athletics, they're moving to Las Vegas this year. Right. It just got approved. If they wear the Athletics across their chest, if it is green, I don't know if their, you know, um, the color wave is going to change. If I were to expect it would be, well, like, the Raiders you know, didn't. yeah, but, you know, I mean, would that be if would that be a slap in the face? You know, I understand every franchise has different circumstances, but. You know, are we just going to forget about, you know, I don't, Hartford Whalers fans, I bet we're so excited when we lifted the Stanley Cup for the first time. It's just, it didn't work. It didn't work out in Hartford. Hartford, you know, was the starting point of the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, and, you know, we have to remember that, that, you know, this team wasn't like Las Vegas, who started immediately here and you know it was growing same with the Montreal Canadians same with the New York Rangers um yeah you know you have to remember your history because the minute you don't it's going to get called out again so right. I, I don't know why you're complaining about it you know if you don't like the hurricanes or or you know hurt about how they moved okay i can understand that but it's been like be 20 it's it's been 26 years Seriously, yeah. you have a lot of other good hockey um teams besides the Hurricanes that are closer by. You know, at least Hartford has a AHL team because if you were to tell me Hartford, Connecticut, should they have an NBA team, NFL team, NHL no, team, no. MLB team, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. The the Hartford Whalers played in a mall for a point in time. That's right. That's yeah, how bad it was.
1: There's plenty of examples, and I mean, I, I could just go on for hours about examples of teams that have been displaced and still, right. you know, give a nod from time to time to their past. Right. So there's the Rams in the NFL between St. Louis and L.A. St. Louis. When they, yeah. were, when they were in St. Louis, they would throw back to the L.A. Rams from time to time. You know, the color schemes were a little bit different, which they've now gone back to, you know, but there was a time at the end of the St. Louis era where they were wearing the, you know, the the. The yellow helmets, but the gold jerseys. Do you remember that?
0: So uh, originally, it was the gold and navy blue, and then when they moved to Los mm-hmm. Angeles, it yeah. became the yellow swirl, and then it became Correct. the navy blue, and they kind of they kind of did yeah. some other stuff to it. But I mean, like every single you can pinpoint one franchise in every single. I mean, there's every just examples single, everywhere. Yeah, there are examples everywhere. Like people relocate. I mean, this is no either, either they're going to go down under and you're going to be like, oh, I wish they were here. Like they could have relocated to they relocated. They're thriving. Right. They're doing pretty well. I mean, look uh, at their, and, and another one, just while I'm
1: thinking of it, the old Seattle Supersonics became the mm-hmm. Oklahoma City Thunder. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't Oklahoma City wear the Seattle jerseys in a game?
0: I believe so. I remember – so I remember uh, I was – I'll admit I was one of the people that got really upset that Seattle um, lost a uh, basketball team because the Supersonics were really good in the 90s. Yeah, I grew
1: up with Supersonics.
0: And I remember when they announced that they were moving the year before, they had just drafted Kevin Durant, Mm -hmm. and their whole franchise got moved to Oklahoma City. Now yep. I will say that Seattle is rebuilding themselves and they're a hockey, they're a hockey place. Now they're a, they have a hockey team. They have a football team. I personally would love to see the supersonics go back to Seattle. I think and they, that's I think what every, that's what, that's what every league is about. It's expanding. It's getting yep. more people involved. I don't care if, you know, the NFL or somebody were to get a team in Canada or Mexico or Ireland. Like, I don't care. I mean, like, when you think of Canada, no offense. I mean, you th- uh, think hockey, United States. Yep. I mean, yep. when hockey teams were in the United States, you'd be like, uh, this is football, basketball. Right. So, I mean, the game is expanding franchises are expanding. It's just a part of life and people, you know, I don't care if you're butthurt or whatever. If the Hurricanes were to move away from Carolina, I will say this, I would be super upset. Mm-hmm. But what I understand from a business standpoint and from a logical standpoint for expanding the game, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not going to hold a grudge for 25 years. And then come out say, a year after 25 and say something. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, though,
1: I think it would be nice if Carolina explored um, possibly playing maybe a AHL. game in
0: Hartford.
1: Playing a game in Hartford. That would be um, pretty cool. You know, they they have the uh, – I believe the XL Center seats about 16,000. Um, that's where the their AHL uh, team plays in Hartford. But – you know, I think maybe if maybe one year they just go back to Hartford to play one night, wear the Whalers uniforms, you know, just move move Whalers night to, to Hartford. Or, you know, just I'm not saying permanently, but maybe like one season. And, you know, or maybe have two Whalers nights, have one in Hartford and one in Raleigh. Um, there's options out there. I think that would be pretty cool to see, but
0: I think it would be uh, too, but have the Avalanche ever talked about that?
1: I don't know if they have or not, but I don't really I don't really care what the Avalanche
0: are doing. I don't know. I mean, it's I just know. people behind. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, I think that covers everything that I wanted to talk about, A.B.
0: Well, let me do this real quick. Okay. Edmonton is coming to Carolina next game, Wednesday, and today. So the 22nd, I believe. Um, Edmonton has been struggling like bad they just hired a new coach that was from the hartford wolf pack yeah. uh, the rangers affiliate and they're two and one with their new head coach and fun fact the coach now was Connor mcdavid's head coach when he was uh with the Otters. they look a lot different Edmonton's still dangerous. I mean, Edmonton, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, they're still dangerous. You know, every team has a slow start or a fast start, but we're not even a fourth of the way towards the end of the season. Mm -hmm. So they'll be interesting to see how they play with their new coach because I've seen uh, the past three games they've played with um, their new head coach, and they look a lot different and a lot yeah. more hungry. Yeah,
1: they're playing a little bit better, um, but yeah, they'll be in PNC Arena Wednesday night. Um, before they arrive in Raleigh, they'll play Florida Monday night or tonight, as a recording. They have uh,
0: Ekblad before- and Montour
1: back, so yeah,
0: yeah they're going to be deadly. And they're playing really well without them, and now they have them, and it's
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, so uh, puck drop Wednesday nights at seven. Then uh, Carolina will get a day off Thursday before uh, returning Friday night to PNC yep. uh, for the third and final meeting of the season between uh, with Tampa Bay. So, so far, the series with Tampa is tied at one-to-one with each That's team right. shutting out the other, uh, both <laughs> in Tampa so far. So mm-hmm. uh, the Lightning are 4-4-2 and in their last 10 uh, with two consecutive wins as a recording. Mm-hmm. They will play Boston and Winnipeg Monday and Wednesday night before arriving in Raleigh for the Friday night game. Puck mm-hmm. drop Friday night is at 8. Um, then Sunday evening, night, early evening, something. drop, Whatever it is uh, against the Blue Jackets. Um, like we talked about earlier as of recording, uh, Patrick Laine was scratched last night. Columbus has been on the struggle bus completely uh, on a nine-game losing streak. They just lost to Philadelphia last night, um, and they are 1-7-2 in their last 10. Uh, Columbus will play Chicago and New Jersey this week before arriving in Raleigh for the Sunday afternoon game. Again, puck drop is at 5. So um, a lot of hockey to be played at PNC this week, A.B.
0: Yeah, um, super, I mean – Super excited. The only things that I'll say about those teams that you mentioned, when we played uh, Tampa uh, the first time, they had Nikita Kucherov, and when we played them without Nikita Kucherov, we shut them out. I'm not saying one player can make a difference, but it's Nikita Kucherov. If well, we, Vasilevsky I well was in, in first game, yeah, if Vasilevsky was in that, it'd be a whole different ball game. And Johansson, who's um, their backup goaltender has been doing a phenomenal job. I will give him credit where credit is due. But yeah, this is definitely a game where they need to win. And, you know, Columbus, you know, they have so much talent. And to hear that they healthy scratched uh, Patrick Line the other night is very disappointing because Line is a very good player. You saw him in Winnipeg. I mean like that dude's yeah. one timer the way he shoots the way he plays is remarkable and if we talk about that trade too uh Pierre-Luc Dubois was sent from Columbus to Winnipeg he's not with them anymore he's in LA now he's in LA and he's playing very well in LA so my prediction is is I I want to have Four out of the six points by the time we record the next session. Give me all six, man. Yeah, well, I I, I hope
1: so. We should be able to win all three of these games. There's no reason Carolina should not win. It's not like we're on a back-to-back. There's no – I mean, they've got plenty of time off to get healthy, to get recharged. Edmonton's been down. Tampa, you've shown you can beat them. We played well in both games. And Columbus is just Columbus. So – um, to me, I know you know four six is acceptable. You know maybe you drop to Tampa, um, but the current state of things, I need to see six of six this week. We uh, all point-wise. need to. I just need okay. To see it.
0: So let me say this before we uh, wrap it up: Who's going to score the first goal against Edmonton?
1: Andre Svechnikov, because he dominates Edmonton. Because in both games against Edmonton last year, he had he had a hat trick. Um, so I think Andrei Svechnikov he got the goal that was disallowed last game, um, but I think he's on the up. I think he's the first goal scorer against McJesus and the Oilers.
0: I'm gonna say Kocheknov knowledge Season, I wish that would happen. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Vinen.
1: Okay, solid. He's solid putting
0: pick. he's putting up Ovechkin numbers now. Before you say that, he's got a lot more goals than he does assists. So. And he's oh. been involved in every single game. So I'm gonna go yep. with Teravinan.
1: Okay. Solid, solid pick. Uh what's your score prediction for that?
0: Oh. Uh, the way Edmonton's been playing, um, in the way we've been playing, I say we get a four to three win in overtime.
1: Oh, really? Yep. Okay, well, I'm going to complete opposite end of the spectrum i think it's going to be 10 to nothing 6, <laughs> no, six, two, six two carolina 6-2 carolina
0: wow okay 6-2 carolina i hope that's yes. the case
1: bad goaltending bad defense plus we shut we we play well against mcdavid for the most part um this, I, i'm assuming
0: the stall line will draw that
1: line and it's because
0: uh, one guy's on mcdavid
1: that's right that's right so 6-2 yeah i think that's i think we're going to six uh, two four them.
0: three 4-3 overtime win all right
1: we'll see what happens
0: all right mm-hmm. i'm done ab you got anything else? Nope, got nothing else to say, but I'll say this. Thank you so much for listening to session 17 of Caniac Sessions. Uh, Keep up with us on X, Facebook, Instagram at Caniac Sessions. You can follow me at AB Session on X, and you can follow Griff at M underscore Griff 10 on X. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in session 18. Bye. Thanks for listening to Kaniac Sessions. To stay up to date on all Kane's news or to interact with Griffin AV, please follow us on X, Instagram, or Facebook at Kaniac Sessions. Let's go, Kane. Let's go, Kane.